0: Welcome to Essie's Hour of Love! All right, so we're up to episode 45. Yeah. And so at the end of our intros for the past, what, like 10 times or something, we always say thank you to Nancy and Jimmy. Yes. And Nancy is our incredible illustrator. She's also been with us, you know, really close to the start and is our um, dear, dear friend. Jimmy is the guest of the show today. So Jimmy yeah. Linville, he has been with us forever as well. He wrote the um, music, the intro to this show. He also edits every single one of our episodes. And um, he is American, but he now lives in Australia. And we've actually had him on the show before. I, I can't remember what episode, but it was in the first like 10 or 12. It was something early Yeah. On. I want to say, yeah. And, um... He can't stand it because he thinks it's bad audio, uh, (laughs) audio quality. Yes. Uh, But we do know he's gone through some pretty pivotal uh, moments moments. in the last couple of years. So we wanted to bring him back on and to take us through that.
1: Yeah. It's even just like special having a nice sit down conversation and really chatting with him for a longer period of time than our
0: our little bits between episodes. By the way, Grace saying that... it was over Google Hangouts.
1: Oh yeah. Cause, got <laughs> Cause to see he's him. in Australia, yeah. but yeah, but it was lovely. We did get to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this episode is, I mean, there's a lot there's, I mean, just from, I don't want to give anything away, but there's, it, it goes on like a pretty cool journey. And, uh, there's something that I think we wanted to just acknowledge right from the get go is that we do talk about mental health in this episode and the three of us are not doctors. We, we, we're talking from our own experiences. We're not talking from necessarily uh, any of us have gone to med school and actually know everything firsthand. But um, I, I think it's it's a really important conversation for society to have. So it's a really special one, though. Yeah. So
0: again, thanks, Nancy and Jimmy, thanks, for always guys. helping us with the podcast. And enjoy. Bye. Love
2: to yours once and I wanted to throw up I hate listening oh. back to anything I say any interview I will hate this interview after it's released like you're a, a editing it though it doesn't matter I've never like what I always think I sounded like an idiot
0: what about if you send us back the edit and it's 10 minutes you're gonna get 10 minutes of,
2: <laughs> of, of by
0: the way you don't get control I know I over know, I know, how know. this is edited by the way don't worry I, you I, can I don't,
2: read I, the I'm the, not the I,
0: script messages. <laughs> no, nah,
2: you know, you know, I don't edit I much. I edit out. Um, vocal Actually, burn we love and, your
0: edits. This is more just—it's different when it's yourself. Yeah. Although, you get my edits sometimes of like, I sound stupid here. Could you take that out?
2: <laughs> no, that's so okay I get though, it. because we, um, you know, you make it. We make it, so we get to make those choices, and that's Good just. Point. And we Good want point. the person being interviewed to. You know, sound as good as they can too. So we yeah. do little edits, but it, we really don't do much.
0: It's so nice to hear "we," isn't that nice? I, is heard, nice. I saw you smile when he said that. As <laughs> <so laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's we." So um. All right, let's take us to San francisco Okay, take friend. us to San
2: Francisco. So this is the story you want me to tell. So I'll tell this story.
0: It's Hang amazing. on a <laughs> second. Don't <laughs> set it up like that.
2: Okay, okay, okay. You want yeah, to tell the story? Yeah, but if I mean.
0: Where would you? I, let me, where would you start, what start it? Then? Start,
2: but okay. So I guess if we're gonna tell the story of my marriage, my relationship, yeah. my wife, uh, then that's where I would start it. Yeah, San Francisco. So.
0: Hang on, can we just have a? Please, is yeah. this the story you want to? Is this what? No, I, this is the story. I, I'm this just, the, okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. Okay, I'm you're very just very shy about
2: talking about myself, especially <laughs> uh, for
0: the next hour, my friend. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to try to power cozy. through it. Okay.
2: Um. Yeah. So San you Francisco. You want me to kick it off? No, no, no. I've got. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm assuming you'll kick it off in the uh, in the intro, and then we'll edit mm. that in. Uh, Yeah, so uh, all this will be removed, zero doom. Okay. Okay, so San Francisco. I was in San Francisco um, on a business trip of some sort. It was wild because they do an annual meeting. So my business investor, they do an annual meeting in San Francisco and they have it at this crazy resort. Uh, I I have honestly never seen anything so wild. Like the resort, it looks like you're in Ireland or Scotland. They have all these... Um, well, and also the weather was like that, how you'd imagine it. But then they have a golf course, and it's one of the most, you know, famous premier golf courses in the world. I don't remember the not name of it. Not owned by I, Trump? No, it's not a Trump golf course. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, but I, maybe it, it is. The biggest evils. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is. But it was, it was beautiful, and I have never... I'm, I'm okay at golf like I can in... I can usually get it to the hole in ten shots, so that's bad at golf. But as a musician, I've never you got been... it to the hole. Yeah, and it goes in, and but it takes like seven to ten to twelve shots. So, um, <clears throat> uh, so anyway, I was excited to to I, we were going to be able to do a round of golf. We were there as the entertainment and um, uh, as the per, you know music performers. So just before I go, I get this. Uh, I had a hard workout, and my friend suggested I do a foam roller, which I'd never done before, to, like, roll out my muscles. So I did it, and this is the night before I get on the plane. And I rolled out my muscles, and I was like, okay, maybe this will feel better in the morning. And I wake up, and uh, I had just, like, a crazy pain down my leg, uh, as if I had – I always describe it like it was like – you. It was like a toothache in my leg, that throbbing, Ooh. soaring pain that is root-like. You can almost feel it down the nerve. So I was like, oh, this sucks. I think I fucked something up, but I can't cancel, so I got to go on this trip. So we get on the plane. It's me and Daniel, my bandmate. And we get there, and um, is this the time? Yeah, this is the time. I'm, I'm Now I'm starting to confuse the times because I've been no, there you, so many go- times.
0: You're going to be at the airport, and you're on an app
2: yeah 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 no she's gonna be at the airport I'm not at the airport so I, I turned tinder back on I think this is the timeline because I went to San Francisco like three times in a short period uh, of time but but I, I'm gonna keep going with it because who the fuck cares so this is this is what I remember I'm there in San Francisco on the business meeting I'm in severe pain um we do the meeting and I uh and my business partner and his wife were close and and they have a kid and um, he's awesome and they were like stay an extra couple days we'll do some business planning whatever so I stayed after the thing but I was in just insane pain I can't even I was like my mind was just I was fucked <laughs> and but I did in a delirious like I couldn't sleep and I I spoke with Jesse uh, my business partner's wife and she was like you should get back into dating because I had kind of stopped doing the dating thing for a while um, and I hated the app based dating because you no, know, it just is frustrating, I think. So she was like, get back on there and you should look for, and you know, she's, she's like, you should look for, um, an immigrant woman. You'd be, you'd love an immigrant woman. <laughs> I was like, all right, why is that? <laughs> she's like, cause are badass and like they're, they come from a harder life. And so they don't, they, you'll be able to identify. They'll be able to identify with you because you str- you had a tough childhood. And I was like, oh, I guess that that is a point. You know, it's harder to find. It, it actually has been hard to find someone who identifies with that in um, my time dating. You know, up to that point. So, <clears throat> but she just said that in passing, and she we had a good conversation. Of course, I was still so in pain. I think she was just being nice too, just because I was like having a rough time, but I was like, all right, I'll turn the app back on, I'll try again. And when I turned it on, um, I swiped a few people, and then I swiped this girl who uh, named Laura, who seemed very pretty, she seemed cool. Her bio was just seeing what's out there, which is a very interesting bio. Yeah, I was intrigued by that bio. Um, as you
0: were kind of just seeing what's out there as well.
2: Well, you know what's funny? Everyone might be just seeing what's out there. right. But the fact that she was not trying to make a—I don't know, she was. I was. I made a joke in my bio. My bio was a, like a two-line no joke. No way,
0: you made yeah. a joke. Okay. Crazy.
2: Okay. <laughs> I remember showing you guys my my bio like a well, million years ago. And, and you were just like you looked at you're like that's too long that's so long it needs to be edited down. And I was like, yeah, that's true. She's like, hey,
0: quick question, just for context: Are you living in Nashville at the time? But you're actually just in was, San Fran for a few days. So, like, you swiping on Tinder yes, on yes. in San Fran's sort of interesting in itself.
2: Yes. So this was well, I had already been I'd been single for a year. I had been dating. Um, in Nashville and sing
0: because the and the previous relationship that was that was thought to maybe to be your last relationship. Well, right? yeah, we
2: were engaged and then um, and then we ended it. But you know, I mean, that's that's happened a million times to a million people. It's like uh, I think
0: Jimmy. I just
2: was what? <laughs> just, what are you trying to?
0: Oh no, I'm just saying that. Like I think. Okay. Oh,
2: Oh, you mean, oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying like, uh, were you feeling like... Well, I just
0: think like a year, like, you know, a different, there's different sort of, I guess, levels of of breakup. And I think one that you really had asked someone to marry you and thought Mm -hmm. that maybe this will be the mother of my children. And and we're going to spend a long, long time together. And that comes to a head. I think that's very different to a breakup of like, yeah, it just.
2: Yeah, well I would say probably all my breakups felt at the time like incredibly dramatic and I'm overly dramatic and uh, that one felt hard. But I think a lot of, I had a lot of, at that time I had a lot of really great friends. It was like the first time Mm -hmm. I had a breakup where I had a lot of really great friends and mentors. I had people in my life who were older than me who could give me perspective. I remember my business Jesse, my business partner, the same guy who I was out in San Francisco talking to. um, I keep saying business partner. We started a a production company with Daniel, my bandmate, and um, a couple other guys in Nashville. And so that's the business that we started. But uh, anyway, he met his wife after a difficult relationship and, you know, just seeing that and seeing how happy they were and mm. them with their child just it was made it easier to move on i think and i also think i hadn't been single it took me a long time most people go through a phase in their you know somewhere in their 20s where they um where they're single for a while and just try dating to see if maybe they were just going with the first person who was into them you know what i mean like yeah and i felt like maybe i was always going for the first person who I was attracted to, who was into me, and I was into them, and just kind of being like, oh, I'm not gonna see first, like, be patient with the relationship, so changed up my style of dating a little bit, where it was like, non, non, it was slower, it was more, uh, I guess, non-committal, and not um, interdependent. Hmm. Uh, for that year, and it was good for me and uh it was good at that age like at at uh, about thirty or yeah, you know, it was twenty nine or thirty um, but uh but yeah, toward the end of it, I was getting or well toward the end of the that year uh of dating and stuff, I kind of was stepping back from it I was getting really busy with work, and I just was like i don 't know this seems kind of fruitless at the moment and I don't know. I just was at that point. I turned yeah. off the app. I think sometimes you do that if you're dating, you're singing, you're like, oh, I'm just completely. so annoyed by this app and I'm going to turn it off. And that was really, we're kidding ourselves if we think there's other ways to date, especially as a guy in my position at the time in Nashville. Like it's just, it's like sometimes people say, oh, you meet someone from work who will introduce you to It's like, I'm a musician. Like, where do I go to work? I work from home. I meet people at bars, you know, and they're already drunk. I'm not trying to date from that situation that's not ideal and uh everyone was on you know the apps tinder bumble whatever and that's just like the culture that's where culture is and also just approaching someone in public as a guy is really difficult or even was then it's just it's hard to say hey can I get you a drink it's like (coughs) (laughs) so uh you know all of a sudden you gotta run away um but yeah so so, so anyway, so I swipe Laura. She had it's a funny, I, oh, sorry, what? you go. No, go on. ahead. No, there. I
0: want to get to the bit of the swiping, but now, I. but it's interesting, like that thought of um, <laughs> like being out, being in New York now and being out at bars where you're sort of, there's a part of you that is craving that someone approaching you, but you also do now have this like totally different filter going on where you're like, is that appropriate? How has he done that? Like, is that? what is acceptable at this moment in time. So it, it, it um it has complicated the whole experience. Um, which is I mean there's a part of me that's like it's such a bummer, but then there's a part of me that's like, no, that needed that also really needed to happen. So it's it's a funny it's a funny moment.
2: Yeah, well also guys guys from the male point of view like our success rate we, we we the me and my male friends have talked about this before your success rate has a lot to do with how you look like that's just or how interested the girl is in you when she takes one look at you because you're going up to a new person that has no knowledge of your personality at all and you're saying hey how's it going you come here often or something like that you have to interrupt like she's with her friends you if you're hot it works if you're attractive but not hot you might have some success i don't know are you her type who knows like if you're alt and she's into alt guys there you go but you're randomly guessing right and so i would
0: say that's the same for uh, you're gonna argue with me but no I'm i would not. say it's slightly the same for girls as well like are you uh, going the, up to
2: guys and, and asking them do you get them here often
0: well Hang on, excuse me. <laughs> Grace, is,
2: Grace is shaking her head. No, just for, let the record no, show. But I,
0: okay, so let me give a situation. I'm at a bar, I'm ordering a drink. A cute guy, a guy that catches my eye, comes next to me and orders a drink as well. Mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, I didn't, what, you know, oh, I haven't heard of that drink before, whatever. Like, you know, just like insert, it's, it's girls also try to insert themselves in conversation that's, that, you know, that you're with someone that has peaked their, attention it's the same thing if you're not that and generally speaking if you're not that attractive or you didn't make them laugh in a second or you know that likelihood is they're gonna be like it's a gin and tonic and walk off (laughs) or you know whatever yeah Yeah,
2: i guess yes your success rate on both sides is going to be um based heavily on interest after the first look Mm. but i've always been the kind of guy who uh gets more attractive if uh I I can convince the girl to talk to me for a a few minutes, you know, like I can charm them with my personality. Um, that's a low key way of saying I'm not a model. Um, so I was like, okay, the, the apps work well because you weed out anyone who isn't into your look right from the start. So it's like the physical attract, as long as you have pictures that are accurate of you, you know, like I showed my shaved head and I showed my face and
0: my face. I showed my face. <laughs> and it I, showed was out my, there. No, I
2: showed and I showed it my dad bot. I showed I showed myself off, you know. The
1: dad bot is in. The dad well, bot is totally in. You know, Grace I've been losing you know, I've been losing weight and
2: now I'm starting to be like no you know, dad bod. Laura, Well no Laura's dad bod. saying Laura's saying she's she wants me to be fatter. She's like, I don't like you skinny. She's like, I want you fatter. She keeps going, where are you going? And she'll squeeze the um, love handles. And these are going away. I don't like this. So, um, you know, there's a balance there. But okay, so not to get too yeah, distracted. Let's get, yeah. let's so get I, swi- in I swipe her. Um, few interesting things that maybe aren't relevant, but what, is, what, ma- what does that matter? Uh, I liked that her photos were not overly curated. Okay, we're gonna get into the details here of the of the yeah. swipe. This is a legendary swipe so, because Jimmy, we ended up getting married. Be,
0: it wouldn't be a chat with you if we didn't get specific. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> we're gonna get specific here. She did not pick I how how did I know this? I didn't know it. I felt it. I felt as though she did not pick the photos of herself which were the most curated or flattering. Maybe I mean they were flat they were pretty she was pretty But like in one of them, she's wearing sunglasses and she's like in the background with some friends. You know, it was just they were not trying too hard. And I felt, oh, okay, that's cool. That matches how I selected mine because I kind of didn't want to try too hard. Like I didn't want a picture with a dog or a picture, you know, all that stuff that seems see through to me
1: they all have a dog
2: yeah they all have a dog or a and grandma all of adventure and they all like also judgy like pizza. it's with
0: this like, i'm well, not judging no i'm just oh i'm oh judging that's not a judgment oh, I'm judging. thing that's like i'm it, judging
1: <laughs> judging the oh, crap not, out of like, it nine out of ten they either have a dog or it's a picture of their grandma
2: they're not judging i am judging for those of you <laughs> listeners out there who are uh driving in your car judging with me thank you um for the rest of you i apologize <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we so I so I swipe her, and by the time she um uh by the time she swipes me back and we start talking, it's like the next day I think, and it's just hey what's up and she I don't remember what we said, but um he was flirtatious from the first couple texts uh but she said she was in I was like where are you in San Francisco she said, oh I'm in L A. She's like, oh, actually, I'm about to get on a plane, fly to Australia. I'm like, oh, really? You're Australian? She's like, <laughs> she's, like no. she's like, no, I'm Venezuelan. I was like, what the fuck? She's like, you live in San Francisco? I'm like, no, I live in Nashville. And she's like, oh, this is weird. Uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I guess I didn't think to t- wait till I got home to turn the app back on. So our cards had passed somewhere. And I was uh, like, all right, well... After that, at that point though, we, we had an instant rapport, and so I was like, "Well, you're just sitting waiting for your plane." She's like, "Yeah, I'm just I, it's delayed." I was like, "Can I call you and just chat?" And she's like, "Sure." So,
0: ballsy move.
2: Yeah, well, I thought I I think it's I said great. something along the lines of, "Since we'll never meet, you know, because you're on the other side of the planet, can we just chat? I'll just keep you company." She's like, "Yeah, that's fine." So I called her and I we I literally just kept her company, but like it wasn't, I mean. It was just very easy, you know? Chatting Mm -hmm. with her was very easy, and um, we just jumped from topic to topic. It was interesting. She wanted to hear my music. I was very reluctant. Finally, I let her hear some that was up online, and then she got on the plane, and then silent for 14 hours, lands, turns her phone back on, texts me right away. Oh, I listened to your music. It's fantastic. Um, And then we started talking Almost every day, we would just text here and there, just getting to know each other. But again, remember, this is the mindset at this point is slow, but steady back into the well, dating. Well,
0: it kind of has to be. She's on the other side. Well, well, here's
2: the other thing is like, at the whole time, I'm like, there's no way right. she's on the other side of the planet. Um, I, It's not realistic. Even if I wanted to go see about a girl on the other side of the planet she might be totally different in person, right? Like you don't actually oh, yeah. know until you're in person with something. What if she, what if she does some weird thing like um, blink constantly? I don't know. There's weird things that people can do where you just, where, where it's like, cause I'm very Seinfeld when it comes to the show. I'm like George Costanza when it comes to dating and, and, and it's like, <laughs> I'll find some stupid thing. Small
0: hands.
2: Yeah, and it just gets in and I say, ah, oh, but she blinked constantly. Could your eyes be that wet?
0: But it's interesting, though, that you're getting to know her so like that. I feel like those things happen on the first or second date, and then you bounce because there's like an, this annoying thing. But you're now talking to her every day. I would. I, it would be really fascinating if, like, if she blinked a lot, actually drove you crazy after forming that type of right type of Well, I knew relationship.
2: Well, yeah. So at first, we would just say, "Hey, how's it going?" We would just. How's your day? It was just like a friendship from far away.
0: Yeah.
2: We I just took it really slow. I wanted to and I was there. You know, I mean, it wasn't going to be. But then after a while I was like, "Oh, this girl is cool enough and I'm 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 liking her enough that I want to see if I can fly there and take her on a date." First of all, I hadn't traveled overseas. I've only ever traveled to out of the country to Toronto. So, and that was when I was really young. So I hadn't, I had never traveled overseas. Um, I knew you at the time. Correct. And you had told me, you know, uh, uh, the, coo- the cool parts about Australia. I was like, Australia seems dope. Seems like if I went and it was a bad date or if for some reason it just didn't work, um, I could, you know, get an Airbnb and, 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 and see the city because Melbourne is a cool city. Yeah. And um, you,
0: you called me. We had a really good chat about it, and yeah. it was like, yeah, you. No matter what you're gonna, and and such a great music scene. Yeah, like it would it be was, a fun you know. trip.
2: Like at the, at the same time, it's like, you. Ha- I mean, I mean, traveling alone is fantastic. Like I think everyone should do it, even when you're in relationships, So you should try to do some travel here and there, like alone, because traveling alone lets you learn about yourself. It lets you quiet everything. Like, when I traveled recently to, to Spain to visit my friend Jamie, who lives there, um, I spent most of the trip alone just, like, walking around on the streets. And uh, and I've it was the best, you know? It was just walking around, you know? Um, but I like to walk around alone in cities. So that's kind of – maybe that's just my thing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so oh, – Also, so it's, it's not a
0: cheap – it's not a cheap – trip
2: no actually so it's I bought, a big
0: decision you
2: know right i bought a one way because i was like i don't know if it's ballsy. gonna be good or bad no that's not ballsy if i bought a round trip that means i know you know like i was like if it's really bad and i feel like shit i want to fly home tomorrow oh gosh so i, I, I like, took
0: it as more you're like i'm doing it one way because i don't know if i'm ever gonna come back
2: no 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 because i knew my <laughs> no because i had to come back anyway i knew that i had responsibilities back home and stuff right and I still just like I wouldn't let myself fall fully, fully like you know, let myself do that until I was with her in person. It's just, mm. it, it's just, I had. I guess you get as you get older, you you feel when you feel the f- tangles of love and s- such, you you almost feel like you have to resist against that. Like that thing can be distracting or can be. To me, that's not really what real love is. Like that's a that's just a almost uh i don't know there's, there's probably something chemical that it's called that, it's right? called
0: luminescence. luminous yeah um, is it like a chemical
2: thing in the brain or?
0: uh well there's the endorphins side yeah. of it right but the, the i've just learned that it's this moment like luminescence. and it's kind of like the romeo and juliet mm-hmm. like instant sort of wow factor and they actually did a case study on it and that relationships that are formed based off that feeling in that alone don't last longer than five years because it's not really the love part
2: Mm. so you learn something every day
0: you'll learn it when you edit the previous podcast (laughs) Uh,
2: but yeah so so i took the flight um oh oh let's back up again so i had a flight booked and i had to get my visa there's all the stuff you have to get in line as you know australia is very difficult to travel to um compared to other cities, you know, you have to have all the right um, stuff. I didn't have a passport, so I had to get all that stuff. And in the in the time, my leg was getting worse and worse. I was on painkillers, I was on um, OxyContin, or whatever the heavy-duty painkillers are. Um, and I was taking them, and I knew that, you know, I had never taken, I'm anti-taking drugs, just generally. I'm not necessarily a teetotaler, but I just, I avoid them. And I know I don't really have the gene for addiction. Like, I've never been in, into um, drugs and alcohol that hardcore. But I definitely felt so much better when I took those pills. And uh, it's insane, especially when you have um, what turned out to be a slip disc. So I had a slip disc. Um, the doctors were saying I needed to do PT. I did that for a long time, and it didn't do anything, Um for a minute there was some recovery and then it just got much worse and uh finally they were like you know maybe you just got to get surgery so I got an opinion from a doctor and he was like yeah you have um what is it called where your spine is like a little curved I don't know what that's called scoliosis, or scoliosis. yeah it's very common I didn't know but I guess I have a little bit of that just but that can that can make it worse um and so yeah I had a slip disc that was bulging and and Pushing on the nerve, and so it was causing sciatica down my left leg, and I, at times, I couldn't walk, uh, I couldn't move. Really, they finally were like, "All right, we're going to do a lumbar laminectomy and discectomy," which is a serious surgery where they crack open your spine, and they um, burn off part of your disc because I had enough of a disc left where there was enough left, you know, they just kind of burn off the side and then close you back up. But uh, easier said than done, it's a surgery that has a non-trivial percentage chance of paralyzing you, a non-trivial percentage chance of causing um, a a nick in the dura. Because when they cut open your spine, they actually use a saw and it like throws bone chips around. It's not, (laughs) I mean, it's bone. And uh, if one of the bone chips just happens to fly into the dura, which is the sac that um, holds your brain fluid. So like when you, when you, you know, your brain has the dura and then inside it has the brain fluid, but the brain continues down into the stem and then all the way down into your tailbone and the dura does as well. So the same brain fluid, the same liquid, it's all kept together, right? So if you nick that, your brain fluid can literally drip out of your tailbone <laughs> and lower in your, so your brain is exposed in your head. And so... <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm Grace is dying to here. And I am
0: like I'm
1: gonna puke. Ew.
2: Yeah, it's 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 oh well actually God. that's what happened that's to Steve horrifying. Kerr. Do you guys remember when um two years ago maybe you don't follow basketball that much, but I know that you're a big hooper now after the last few episodes. But yeah. uh, uh but Bowl Steve Kerr. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, the swan, that's right. I've been I'm gonna try that at the park this this summer. You're welcome. Um, But yeah, so Steve Kerr, the coach of the Golden State Warriors and former uh, Chicago Bull um, Michael Jordan teammate, uh, he was, he had back surgery for the same, basically the same surgery I had, but they nicked the dura. And so what happens is you get these crazy migraines that are the worst ever and your brain fluid leaks out and then you have to like, it's just terrible and it it can mess you up for life. And at... I was, I was pretty scared because I was like, if, if Steve Kerr, who's like super rich and famous and really has an important job, he's like an important guy and it didn't matter. Like he still had a complication. I'm like, this is a really sketchy surgery. But the doctor was like very confident and he was like, I think this is, you're gonna be fine. I think this is what you gotta do. You, you're, you can't be on opioids. He, I agreed, I was like, I can't be taking opioids. I was biting them in half in order to take the lowest dose possible but I still had was taking them regularly enough that um, yeah, I needed the surgery. So I had to either go to Australia before the surgery, then come back and like deal with the pain, then come back, have the surgery, um, or wait till I rehabbed and wait an additional two months. So, so this was like two months after, you know, getting to know or maybe it was wait another month but either way uh, she she was like no just like do the surgery like i want you to be healed when you come and she's like i'm not gonna just disappear like i'm not gonna just ghost you i'm like i want to meet you i want to see yeah. um where this can go so uh i was like all right cool <laughs> that's cool and she was really great to me during the whole process and you really learn about someone when you're injured, when you're sick, you know, how they, you learn their character, you learn um, what you mean to other people in your life when you're ill, and when you're seriously ill like that, Uh, and I had had experiences in my past um, where I was not treated in the way I wanted to be in a relationship when I was ill, or when I was sick, or when I had injuries and stuff, Um, so that was new for me actually to ha- be, have someone be so understanding so th- it was really great and even though i was like scared you know I, went, I mean i went to the surgery alone i woke up alone like i was like mm. by myself you know and but um but she was really nice to me and uh it's funny did and, you
0: feel alone like knowing even though she was on the others you, you're saying planet i'll say world yeah. um would just knowing that you had heard to like call afterwards or text or whatever, what, even though you were alone, was it sort of this, did you actually feel alone?
2: Um, no, like, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you still feel kind of alone. Cause if you ever go into like a surgery, that's that serious and you don't have anyone yeah, there, you want someone like, to
0: drive you. Home. You know
2: what? There was a nurse, there was a nurse that was in the room. Cause there was mm. a lot, there were a lot of doctors and nurses and I'm basically, my ass is up and it's like, um, I'm on my stomach and like, you know, bare bone, and I'm just like under this thin paper blanket, and I'm just, its just very uncomfortable. And there's like yeah. a bajillion people in there I did not recognize, and uh, there was one nurse. They were all talking to each other. There was not really much bedside manner. There was Manor nothing. It was, they were just kind yeah. of get—they were down getting down to business. And I actually am fine with that. But this one nurse just looked at me and was like, "You're going to be okay." And she said mm-hmm. it in a way that was very comforting. And then I was like, "All right, cool." and um that was all it took and i was like all right i'm good and um so surgery went fine went well recovered within three days i wasn't taking the pain pills anymore that surgery is crazy you can get off the pain pills super fast but i got a flu right afterwards i told my friends i was like oh i'm so sick and then we they look at me and they're like dude you're having oxycontin withdrawals i was like oh right I was on a drug for two and a half months. Okay. <laughs> um, so that lasted for like one night, basically, like a flu-like symptoms. And then and that was it. That was it forever. So I have a well, forever. Okay. Till my next back surgery. But, um, I'll hit the
0: <clears throat> touch wood for you.
2: Yeah. Life is an abattoir of pain and suffering. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Our backs are not meant to hold our body weight, uh, especially when we're overweight. Cool, fun. I should probably stop playing basketball 10 years ago. Cool, fun. Um, But yeah, so then I'm like, all right, now I'm going to come say hi, take you on a date. So I fly there, sight unseen, um, get off the plane, long flight, very sweaty, very uncomfortable. had to make the transfer There's in Sydney There is a certain
0: smell that It is a very unique smell into you on a 12 hour flight yeah. You,
2: you've, and you know this. You've done I've this one stopped
0: people from coming and picking me up from the airport now. Oh, I, I, like, I imagine not. meeting
2: someone for the first time.
0: Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want
2: uh, to. Yeah, I mean, I made sure to have extra change of clothes. clothes. Like, I it did everything matter. I could. It doesn't like, matter. It's funny. Like, I do the same thing. Matter. Like, I
0: wash in the bathroom. It didn't matter. And, but, like, my hair, it's just all. Anyway. Yeah, it just does not <laughs> matter.
2: It did not matter. But, uh, and I had to make the transfer in Sydney. So I get to Melbourne, and I'm like, I had to deal with customs and everything. I get off the plane. I'm walking toward where you meet the people. Do, 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 do. It felt very movie-like, I yeah. will say, because I was like, I've never met this person. This is fucked up. I get to the top of the stairs. Were and you practicing
0: I s- an open line? <clears throat> no, I would never okay, practice just, an open okay. line. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, carry on.
2: <laughs> but you can write it when it we, have the, when it we make the movie. <laughs> uh, no, I saw her, though, from the top of the escalator there, which was very movie-like and uh i could recognize her because she has a massive smile and um and she was very small far away but i could see it she was just beaming up at me and i was like oh and i'm sure i was smiling ear to ear as well and just kind of nervous whatever coming down the um, escalator and then her first words to me were you're too tall oh and i was like wow that's a weird flattery I guess (laughs) first of all 5'10 not too tall (laughs) second of all you sure know how to make a 5'10 guy feel good Uh, but she was way shorter than I thought she was I guess you just imagine people about your height I think maybe that's just me but I always just imagine people about my height so when they are like or celebrities I imagine massive so if a celebrity is short I'm like that's weird
0: it's funny because most especially actors and actresses are really short oh
2: exactly well i read somewhere once that beyonce is like five six and that blew my mind because i thought she was like six foot six i just imagined mm. her as the tallest woman on earth <laughs> you know what i mean like when i imagine beyonce i'm like if i would oh, well, of course i would look up to her there's no way that mm. i would be taller than her Isn't
0: that funny that um, way? yeah
2: but then rihanna's the same height as me and i would imagine she's she's shorter but you know that's how it works people are random heights <laughs> um <anyway. laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, she said you're too tall, and uh, I was like, "Cool, hi." And um, so we got my bags, and we took a little walk first because her brother had the car and was going to drive me back to drop off my stuff. And she was like, "You can take a shower and whatever, and then like we can go out and have go on a date, or whatever." And I and so and um, and the only reason and I'm it- going into detail here is because well, go ahead.
0: So and it was planned that you were gonna stay with her
2: it was no it was actually not planned that I would stay with her I mean it was it was a conversation to have I wasn't putting any pressure on that I had enough money to just get a place like I I hadn't gotten a place yet but I knew a place that I could get you know okay and it was just kind of yeah yeah and it wasn't it wasn't like that so um so we get back to her but but it was easier to go back to the house as awkward as it is and be like shower change and then go out for the date, then do it some other way. So I, and she insisted. So we went back to the house, we went for a walk, that was nice, but we just were smiling a lot. I don't know, it was weird. It was very weird, we weren't, we'd talked for four, four months like here and there, and in the last couple weeks leading up to it, we talked a lot. Um, and so it was just kind of nice. And then I went back to her place, and I was so exhausted and so, gross I was like I need a shower and um and and I took a shit and uh in the toilet and I plugged the toilet
0: you totally so could have worded I, that I know but
2: I'm sorry <laughs> I want I want the listener to get what they came here for and that okay. is what happened I plugged her toilet with a, <laughs> uh we understand with, Yep. and she and you there was no I don't, no but the... here, here hear me out no plunger <gasps> And so this is bef- This is just before we're supposed to go on our date.
1: And now
0: you have to tell also him just taken just a giant shit. T- oh stop! Um, yeah, exactly. Note, most it people, are you twelve?
1: What I said? Shit! <laughs> he took a shit. Everyone, okay, poops. okay. <laughs> oh ew. Uh,
0: okay, okay. <laughs> Even beyond no, okay. poop, we under- yeah, I understand. I understand. Can I just say though that um, a lot of people, a lot of times on a long flight, a lot of people their flow. Gets a little clogged, so it was, of course, it was good. It was good that that happened. That he pooped. Well, well it, was, it meant he was naturally, you know, healthy. Oh, thank God, we're mm. getting into the natural rhythm
1: of your dietary. Okay, cycle. so yeah. sh- I would be freaking out. It, exactly, it was
2: the most terrifying thing ever. I literally think it was saying like. I was like in my head. I'm just like, how the fuck? This is the worst timing ever. And I'm like, and then I'm like,
1: Did you contemplate doing anything ridiculous? No, no.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I'm shoving like, my what? Hand
1: in. <laughs> Reach
2: it in, pull it out, throw it in the, in the what? In the, in the bathtub, shower it down, stomp it with my feet like a bunch of grapes, <laughs> like I'm making wine. No, I didn't think of any of those things. Uh, I'm no, not gonna
0: lie. I, I definitely, definitely would have thought of no. those things. I think,
2: uh, I think what I thought was like, alright, this is a litmus test, because first of all, she's chill enough that she was like, fine with me, like, like she, I knew she was cool enough for me to like, go number two at Deal the house, you know it. how sometimes when oh, you have yeah. like, fir- you're early oh. dating, and you don't want to poop in the same, because this is a small, yeah. par- you know, a small apartment, whatever, I was like, that. she's cool enough for that, and like, she also thinks, like, I think we have a similar sense of humor, and I would think that was super funny, like, yeah. I would think it's really funny if a girl plugged the toilet on the first date, so I was like, <laughs> so... I'm just gonna tell her and be like, we need to get a, let's go on the date and also don't use the bathroom because we need to get a plunger. Like, And I told her and and she laughed. Yeah, she's like, that's hilarious. That's so, that's so <laughs> gross. She's like, that's fine, no, it's fine. Uh, and so, yeah, we fi- solved all that, went on a date. It was a good date. Yeah, things just clicked right from the start. So, um, I'll fast forward a bit. I came back and forth to America a bunch of times Um, making music and, and, uh, but I, you know, we fell together pretty quickly and, um, started dating and, you know, eventually, I guess, I mean, you know, now we've been, we were dating for two years, um, almost two years when I, uh, proposed. But wait, but
0: you, so you decided, so you had to come back. Well, I had
2: to, yeah, I came back and, and back and forth a lot. And I think obviously like, I guess I haven't really talked about it with many people, but it's just like when you're in a relationship with someone and you think they're the person you're going to end up with and you want to have a family with them and they seem right. Um, I think you've got to take that shot. That's just what you've got to do. And I think that people understood that. I mean, Luckily, we were able to continue building our studio without me there. I'm kind of like, I'm the songwriter in the group and I'm the singer, which you can do from far away. You don't have to be in the same place. I also um, find clients and do sales and that sort of thing. But um, everything that I do or at least at the time being, was going to be able to be done from far away. Oh, not to mention, I forgot to mention this, my aunt worked for United for her whole career, and she has this, like, special version of a buddy pass. So Mm. she gets, I think, a couple of them every year, and she can move it around. It's like she can give it to this family member, this family member. So for for the entire year of 2018, I was able to basically fly for extremely reduced. Like, we're talking New York. New York to Nashville, or let's see, Nashville to LA, to Melbourne, back to LA, back to Nashville would be like three hundred bucks. So crazy mm-hmm. cheap. So I actually, I actually went to back to the states and and then back and forth like I don't know five or six times in that year. So I, I did a lot of traveling, and um, and I also spent a lot of time with my. This is kind of. I kind of discovering this as I'm speaking I guess that's kind of how this works but uh, I spent a lot of time with my ex- my close family like my brothers and my sister and their kids <clears throat> and I I think I learned a lot about the value of family even if your family is like um, is disappointing uh, everyone's family is disappointing in some ways like someone in our family extended family whatever disappoints us Um or we can't connect with them in the right way. You know, I don't feel like you're obligated to spend time with your family if they they don't treat you well. I think you're allowed to just be like, okay, I'm not going to put myself in that position anymore. But the nieces and nephews are all blank slates. They're new, and they don't know about any of that stuff. And then I remember how much my childhood was fucked over by – Tensions and frustrations and anger and bitterness that came in the generation above me like my I have my mom has like Five sisters and a brother and like some of them are always angry at this one and they fight with each other and oh I wrote her off a long time ago blah 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 and these days it's all based on Trump It's like oh she's a Trump supporter. Oh, she doesn't she's a libtard or some stuff, something like that. You know, they say, my mom said that to me the last time I was with her. She called me a libtard, just so you guys know. My, my relationship with my, my mom is pretty awesome. She called me a <laughs> libtard. So uh, I said, you don't even know who I voted for. And she's like, oh, I sure you like Hillary and
1: you da 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 da
2: I was like, all right. Um, But lib-tard. yeah, cor- that's that, what she called me. Like a
0: liberal
1: tard.
2: R word, yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's okay. like putting together a oh, liberal
1: and or time. Oh, no,
2: no, it's it's Is said by phrase? all. It's like a conservative like word that they repeat but on you Facebook.
0: Know, you're gonna be no, like, I know what. Okay, it, yeah, no, I know what it means.
2: Okay. So yeah, so but anyway, I I just was like, I don't think it's good for us to do that to another generation. So I do have one brother who puts a lot of effort forward, and his, and I I. I you know, there was a lot of like just swallowing your tongue like the whole time, like just biting your tongue off, you know, when you're hanging out with fa- some family members where you're like, just for the next generation and for these other, I'm going to just not even. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, that helped me realize that I it was really important for me to find someone who, when I do, if I do start a family, when I do start a family who I could um, rely on, who was you know, more balanced and uh, compassionate, sweet. Yeah. I always wanted to be with someone who is sweet, you know, because I mm-hmm. think sweetness is an underrated uh, quality. It's just, it's, um, I think some people sometimes think of sweetness as being like weak or stupid. I don't, you know what I mean? Like someone yeah. who's sweet, they're like, Oh, they if they're sweet, they must be simple mm. because people who are more intelligent often, maybe they want they're like sharp and then they can be biting they'll they'll notice things and they'll c- complain whatever it, it, it maybe that's what it is i don't know what it is but i always thought sweet people um were really fantastic to be around and and um and it doesn't really have much bearing on intelligence so uh i found her to be very sweet and i was like this is um yeah this is serious i want to i want to try to get married so i proposed to her and she said yeah and then oh.
0: uh, <laughs> but you moved to australia I moved to australia that. well
2: essentially I moved to australia yeah it was like a process cuz at first I was back and forth but yeah eventually it was like I gave my apartment room to another guy who was in the ro- in the house and the house is still there the studio is still there the guys still live there they still make music there but uh but yeah I'm I'm based here now i mean then- there's you can't say the thing about the reason I'm hesitant to say I moved to australia is cuz like as you know, in Australia, oh, it's, legally. they can boot you any time they want. Like they right. could just be like.
0: You spent m- more time in Australia than you did in the states." Yes. And if you said where your clothes were, they were in Australia.
2: I probably have more clothes still in Nashville, actually. But okay. yes, I have. Uh, the, the, here's the real Bad thing. Analogy. The, you're right. You're right. Okay. The, yes, I live here. The thing is that when you apply for a partner visa here, which you don't have to be married to do it. You probably know this, but other people might not. You have to fill out this crazy form. It's not like in the States where you can get married to someone and then it's kind of like but green card by marriage. But they still have two
0: years to like... I think that's still a crazy process in America. Like, Bryony's going through it now. It's like... Yeah. It's, I it's, think not it's like $10,000. Yeah, and no.
2: Yeah. Right. You still have to pay a lot of money and you... But Well, you don't have to pay as m- much in the States, but you have to wait a while to do stuff. Um, here it's, uh, it's very expensive. And, um, so we had to save up a lot of money for that. And then, yeah, it's a waiting process. So now I have this thing called a bridging visa, which allows me to do work here and have free healthcare and all that kind of stuff until they approve or deny my visa. So they could still deny it,
0: yeah. but, but you're, but you are married. Mind, so how long have married, you guys, now. how long have you been married for?
2: Yeah, we've been married for, hmm, yeah, I don't know, like five months, maybe four, four or five months. I mean, I could talk more about other things, but. Uh, well,
0: how's it, how's it going? I don't know if you, ch- if that's okay to talk about or whatever, but you've kind of been through a bit of a, obviously we can edit out anything. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, no, on yeah, no. record now, but, but really we have so much power with this one, but like, how's like shit got real pretty fast.
2: Yeah, that's true. I did mention that to you. So, so we get married and then within a month she started, um, acting different. This is, it's very difficult to describe this because, and I still, I was thinking about this before the podcast because I was like, I should probably think of good ways to describe this. But I just really don't know how. Um, but
1: something was off.
2: That's the start. Very much just something was off. This is a type A person, list oriented, very task oriented. She works as a, um, you know, she has her master's degree in teaching. She has a a job with a lot of responsibility. She's basically in charge of like 150 of these kids a day, like jumping from room to room in charge of all these teachers. She's like a teacher in charge of teachers. So she's very uh, on top of her stuff and organized and clean, you know, Uh, and suddenly she was not as much, and then the next day, way a lot, not as much, you know, and over the course of three or four days, it started to spiral, and it wasn't just her behavior, it was like, um, I'll give you some examples, like, um, so for example, one thing that would happen is like, she wasn't showering as much, she wasn't changing her clothes, She would take out paperwork and lay it out and then sort it and then leave it on the ground, which I'd never seen her do. You know, she's a very organized, clean person, you know. Um, She would wander around the house, just stand at the sink. She would, when we were talking, because I started asking her questions, she would not respond, not talk very much back. And then she would think up an answer and then just like exhale her thought like she didn't even say it which is called thought blocking which i had to learn about you know i was googling frantically what is going on because i knew there was something up but i i couldn't recognize it i knew i mean i've experienced I've, I've known people with all kinds of mental health issues um but never i'd never experienced something like this that was just on set in this way and of course i was thinking well maybe maybe this is schizophrenia but when i was I was Googling that and looking it up. It didn't exactly match because she wasn't saying she was hearing or seeing things.
0: Mm.
2: And that's what you always hear about schizophrenia is like seeing and hearing things. So I was like, what is going on? And um, yeah, I mean, I could go into it. You have a whole episode on this on this situation. But basically what happened was. Uh, We went to the doctor. They were like, here's some meds to help her sleep, like whatever. And I was like, no, like there's more serious. So we took her back the very next day. I was like, it's getting worse and we need to take her somewhere serious. So we took her to a hospital, excuse me, um, that had a, like a psychological department. And they, but by then this was the fourth day and she actually didn't recognize me. She didn't know Mm. who I was. So I was like, do you know who I am? And she'd be like, no. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is like, it was so difficult.
0: But wait, does she, um, was she aware, was she starting to get scared of her own behavior or was that not... No, co-
2: no, there's no, mm. there's no... So, oh, also her Spanish and English was messed up. That's something mm. that really threw me. She would answer me in Spanish. Never once in our whole relationship, even when I demand she talk to me in <laughs> Spanish because I want to get better, you know? But she... um started to answer in Spanish, and I was like, this is very weird. So luckily there was a clinical psychiatrist there who did an exam. We, we ruled out all the physiological things, brain tumors, things like that, which can cause these things. And then this that psychiatrist came in and said, um, and she spoke Spanish. She was uh, from South America, and she said, "She, I believe that she's having a Uh, an acute psychotic episode which is where your serotonin and dopamine um receptors don't are are, there's misfirings and they're not picking or they're getting too much or something's happening in those situations and you're just you start having delusions you start having speech blocking you start having visions and things and the thing is paranoia um the problem was yeah, go ahead.
1: I know there's, like, the difference between acute versus chronic. Acute yeah. Acute being, like, and it could be a one-time or, like, a three-time right. instance. Mm. Chronic being something you have for the rest there's of your life. There's a life,
0: yeah.
2: Right. So th- there are many, yeah, there's some schizophrenia and schizophrenia is the, fa- the famous one. Disorders that are chronic. And you can't ever know if someone has them until you taper the medication and see if they have another one, you know. Yeah. So but so when you have the first one, you just, it's all acute, you know, it's just the first one, so, um, and it's rare, but it's, it can happen to someone, and it's, like, totally genetic, it's not even, like, something, someone, I mean, sometimes certain factors can trigger it, but yeah, so we, 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 she had to go in the hospital, it was a very traumatic experience for her, because she came out of the psychosis very quickly from the medication, which they put her on, and But she was in an environment that was very traumatizing because there were there are a lot of people in the hospital who are sort of scary, you know, and she also is in a system that is set up to protect everyone from the maximum level. You know what I mean? So so they treat you as if it could be much worse than what you are, even if you're the patient who's doing fine and is like the regular person. It doesn't matter. They're treating you like like. Like getting right in your face and being like hello hi -hmm. you need to take your medicine today and she's like why are you talking to me like that and they'll be like take it and put it right up to her face like there were a couple nurses who were just really weird and made her feel like it was in some scary movie did and she so have
0: memory she, of the of the last few days before? No,
2: not in the beginning. In the beginning, it was very cloudy. She was on a very heavy dose of a medication. It's like so a she blanket. she kind
0: of just so. wo- woke up in a, I, I guess, like a psychological... A Essentially,
2: psych- it was very terrifying for award. her. She didn't want to take the meds at first. You know, they had to hold her down and oh. give her the meds. You know, it's very scary. So um, a very, very difficult time. What's yeah. going
1: through your mind at this point in time? You guys are newly married...
2: So I had given her. Yeah, we had just gotten married. It was. It was like about a. Mo- it had been about a month. I had given her. She had her cell phone in there, but she didn't text me back. And then when I went in to visit, because they give you a couple hours of visitation. So we were. We basically spent every single hour that we could visitation there. Mm-hmm. But the first couple days we didn't have visitation of like it wasn't worth it. And I mean I called and I said should I come in and he the doctor was like, um, to be honest. You know, you you can come in if you want, but she's exhibiting um, paranoia toward you right now, which is very. I want you to know is very common. Mm. Uh, they for the first couple days they pick a person, usually the person closest to them, and they just think that they, you know, they're the what they built the fantasy around. What the mind builds the fantasy around. She thought I was making a movie, and she was part of the. Well, we'll get to that because what Laura eventually, you know, it's been months since then and she's gotten much better um but she's in time and even just even today like she'll remember something from the episode so she's remembered it all like and she can remember all of the things that she's like did you know that like during the episode i thought you were making a movie and it was like you know everyone was an actor and there was all this which all these things are like common with this they all stacked up but the fucked up thing is none of them stacked up with the depictions of psychosis in media like the depictions of psychosis in media were in movies were nothing like you know we hear here's johnny but it's nothing like that's something else you know um i mean as we as you know but it's just uh,
0: well i don't so think f- we know but yeah well I'd, yeah maybe i mean it's,
2: it's it's um it's not a it's, it's a loss of reality. That's what psychosis yeah. really is. And that's what schizophrenia really is, except it's like, keeps happening. Except she's probably too old to have schizophrenia. So at this point, we don't know. And, and again, you can't know until you're fully tapered off the drug. And um, you can always have another... You're, mo- you're more likely to have an episode after you've had one. So you have to avoid certain things. You have to make sure you get really good sleep. You have to um, deal with any stressors that you might have, you know, obviously avoid marijuana, avoid any, there's a lot of drugs, like, like recreational drugs that are totally normal for most people to use. But like, you completely have to avoid if you've ever had an episode, because they deal with the same blockers, Mm. um, or the same, uh, the same chemicals in the brain. Um, I, I walked a lot, which is generally my healing. Like, I just walked a lot and listened to some music, old music that I liked, like old folk stuff and uh because yeah, you're going back
1: to your home and her brother's there was her yeah, brother's brother there
2: the her mom's yeah and they were they were her mom was having such a hard go of it that's one of the things that helped me be i mean i'm, I'm when trouble happens to me i'm always the like most um you know unless it's my actual relationships where i'm like embarrassingly dramatic uh I am very calm and cool and collected. Like when my sister got in a car accident, both her kids were in the car and she was like mangled. She was so damaged. Um, everyone in my family was like going nuclear and I was just like doing, like talking to the doctors. I'd get everyone together. It's like that, that, that. I become that under pressure. And um, yeah, it was very hard for Maria, her mom, to see her uh, her daughter disappear into herself. It's a very scary phenomenon she was in denial at first i think that's why she didn't see it you know it's like oh maybe she's just stressed maybe she's just whatever but uh
0: it would be a i th- would personally i think i would find it because it because it's not spoken about because you don't see it a lot i don't think that's even where my mind would even go that that even it's a possible i would wa- yeah i'd try and eliminate every other <laughs> circumstance yeah, exactly. before, well, I like thinking yeah. it was this
2: it's exactly how I felt I was really happy though to hear that it wasn't physiological because most of the physiological causes of something of that nature are very
0: yeah serious like brain
2: tumor type things so she eventually came out after about 10 days we had a lot of visitation Um, there was a lot of steps to it she was out of work for a long time she eventually came back Australia uh, worker laws worker rights laws unbelievable I've never seen, and also shout out to the healthcare system in Australia. I mean, like in America, when I lived there, we would debate healthcare. When you come to Australia and you experience it in this way, there's no fucking debate. There's no debate. In a situation like this, which can ruin a a regular family in America, even even if you had insurance, like just the amount that you'd have to pay and your deductible and all that, like... They would laugh here. They'd be like, I'd "Be like, when do we pay? How much do we owe?" They're like, "You don't owe anything. You just need to get well." It was like, "You don't pay anything." Like I, I they seriously were like laughing at me because they were like, "You, you don't have to pay for this." And I was like, "Oh, geez, this is crazy." And I remember I have a friend, Donovan Woods, is a songwriter that I know from. Canada. And when he would come to Nashville to do co-writes, we'd get together and eat chicken and he would laugh about how he has these co-writes with these guys who are very conservative, you know? So he just keep, and he's like, they, they start talking, they know I'm from Canada. So they start saying like, Oh, how are the lines for the healthcare? And it's like, he's like, no one's waiting in lines. Like no one waits in line. It's not like that. It's just, it's just, there's got It's hard to
0: explain though, um, to people that have never, Seen it? You just don't. I that I had to stop really talking about it coming to America because I realized it was like explaining a movie that someone had exactly. no interest in watching. watching. Yeah, well, and even well, you
1: get you get the crowds of people that have had like one friend come from something with like a socialist healthcare system where it went horribly wrong, so they've blamed the entire healthcare system. Yeah, option, mm. and I'm like. Uh, you could do that here. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, you can have mess ups here as well. There's yeah. always going to be a What's few outliers, thinking? but but yeah, I, I, I that experience was incredible. I was more impressed by the like the system, the way that everything's. There's dude, there was so much crazy. Like they have this system here where after she left the hospital, like she got seen. By, by the way, I was able to have three. I was able to have a three free like third opinion, like a third opinion even like on with the psychiatrist. They have a system set up where. You go in and they – well, the only reason I got her into the hospital so fast is because they have a triage service that's free so you can call and just be like, this is what's happening, and they'll tell you where to go and they'll book you in. They'll even be like, oh, this hospital's better. So it's like never hard. It's like a 911, but it's like a chill 911, and you just Mm -hmm. call the triage and they'd be like, all right, this is what's up. Based on the level of what's happening to you, they answer your call and take you to the hospital or you will take your – your call and suggest you go to this hospital. Jimmy that was
0: hospital. that one, one once um she didn't recognize you anymore? Was that sort of like the clicker of I've got a now this, You know is... she
2: did, that happened at the hospital. That so that was like when okay. it was at the luckily we were already there. You know, yeah. But she, you know, I I remember when she was in the bed just before um she got admitted she was like, I said, do you, uh, I wrote her a letter. I wrote her a letter and I hid it in her phone case so that she could read it when I was in there. I told her where it was. And I said, do you, do you know who I am? And she said, no, but I like to hold your hand. And I was like, okay. And so she held my hand and then they took her away, and I remember when they took her, she was like, where am I going? I don't want to go, and I was like, I, I, you, you have to go, um, it's just for tonight, maybe the next night, but I'm going to come visit you, I'm going to come back, and it's actually like really scary looking, like those hallways, and they had a giant muscular guy like just standing there, it was, it was actually kind of like jail-like, it, it felt weird in that room in particular, maybe it was just middle of the night, and it was just really sad, but you know, I th- like I said when those sorts of things happen I was like well it's harder for her yeah she's having the hardest experience and it's probably harder for her mom even though I'm in you know I'm in love with her and she, she, we're together and she's my partner it's like her mom has ha- been with her her whole life and she gave birth to her and to see her go through this is really difficult so I just tried to be there f- for the family um you know it causes stress you, know, you have arguments about how you should do the care it's just well, it's, it's, it's all it's
0: it's interesting yeah. also how you're explaining it is that the Australian healthcare system also put, in some way you have no control because you're not the doctors or anything, but they're also giving you some control because you've got some choices to make as well, which is, I guess, then you've got a, you know, you're, there's a three of you or, you know, if the brother's involved, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of opinions probably going around which puts some weight on you guys to decide what, what to do.
1: Well, and especially you're her husband, so you have I think that's how it works in Australia. I know that's how it is in the states.
0: Mm-hmm. If you're I a partner, yeah. I I w- have,
1: you, you have the the actual vote.
0: Oh, right. I, I mean, yeah. I wonder, Jimmy. Is that did you feel that, or were you more like let's all just figure this out together?
2: No, I mean, I was like, I was in charge of the decision making. It was never talked about. I was just, you know, I was the one who was making her go to the hospital, and I was the one who noticed it, and I was the one who was just doing it all. Yeah. But. When you put, when you put, in Australia, when you put someone into, I guess you'd call it like the psych ward or the, of the, of the hospital, and you, you commit them for a short time in order for the drugs to take effect to basically blanket their, um, they're inhibitors, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, a, it's like, it's like an antipsychotic drug. <clears throat> it's the same drug actually that a lot of people take recreationally. To come come down immediately after a trip, uh, like if they're on a trip that's going too long, they can take that drug and it just does the same thing. So it's like it's like a reverse trip,
0: sort of like a neutralizer uh, in some ways. Yeah, like, well,
2: yeah. that's an understatement. It's like okay. a, it's like a neutralizer. It's like imagine have you ever? I mean, have you ever known someone who has been on antidepressants or some medication that gave them a general slightly flat affect? Yes. Like they had were much more muted they become the person becomes very zombie like they're
1: just like a shell
2: they're just there but they're like uh you know but they're not in psychosis which is like the flat affect you you have to get used to the meds it takes a while but the flat affect is like a lot better than being in psychosis cuz you, when you hear stories about people like living under bridges committing you know crimes like m- there was a murder that happened um, in Australia, fairly recently, where one homeless person in their early twenties murdered another—a girl, a guy murdered a girl—and they were both, excuse me, they were both homeless in their early twenties. In in Melbourne, and I think, and then it came it came out in the news that they were both, formerly extremely normal. She was a college, She was going to university and everything, and she just got schizophrenia. And it was partially because she was doing she she was doing drugs and he was doing drugs too. So drugs can trigger it, and then and then it just rolls and gets harder and harder to come out of the psychosis. So so let me cap this. So basically, Laura comes out of it. She gets she's been tapering her medication down, g- returning to work. She's back to work now. Things are a lot better. She's still recovering. They say it's like a heart attack of the mind. You know, you have to really take your time getting back into it. And um, but we both talked about it, and we think it's like. Care is th- so insanely important with uh, um, with psychotic events or with uh, or with schizophrenia because what happens is you have a family who have a young person usually people develop psych- schizophrenia real young and they have to care for them but they get care fatigue you know and then they don't and then and if the person also is doing drugs or doesn't want to take their medication and is skipping it and they're having these psychotic sort of delusions and they're saying you know they're just you get a lot of like disowning of the person it's like i can't do anything about it and it's like a dirty little secret that person is like that person disappeared and they became homeless or they ran away someone say they ran away and you know um but in this scenario laura's uh, outlook is extremely positive because she has support from three people at the house she's had support every step of the way her brother was super helpful with uh, his the clearing out a schedule and making himself available f- to take her places to go visit all that stuff. And her mom obviously is just, you know, has been basically walked her to work and back because another effect after the fact. So this is fucked up, but psychosis can trigger uh, extreme anxiety in the in the aftermath. So now she has this new anxiety she never had before.
0: Well, like wouldn't you, she, Jimmy? Wouldn't that yeah. just like if you just actually thought about it on a blank statement? of you go through this, this, this—I guess the word that everyone's using is episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just, just generally as a human being, it's like anything would happen. I would believe that that would bring anxiety after it anyway and maybe i'm getting totally. i'll let you f- finish but like i'm getting that even there there's a you guys don't know if this will happen again or not so like even just even that thought that anxiety that that would bring would be and you may be talking different anxiety but yeah. i could just ima- like that if you just talk about human beings and the way anxiety yeah. has evolved that that makes complete sense
2: yeah I feel I feel like a general anxiety about the possibility of a second episode, what that means as far as a long term um, diagnosis, you know, whatever. but it's my responsibility in the relationship to just be strong, be supportive, and to be there for her, you know, whatever in sickness and in health, as they say but with but with her, her anxiety seems to be totally different which is very interesting it's it, it, but it does come from the episode yeah like one of the things is there's ptsd this is the thing with right that. This right is the th- i guess that's well, more she the had to one i held down to. and given the drug by strangers she didn't know who they were because she's mm-hmm. having an episode you can imagine this is like living in a nightmare and you're living through it and then you get the memories they're starting to come back to you not to mention the whole time you're under the effect of an intense drug you are coming back to your senses you have you wake up in a place you don't know why you're there it's 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 very traumatizing but what it did was it opened up this like new anxiety which was like an anxiety of like i can't get on the tram to go to work i can't even step out the door like 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 and cracking knuckles and gnashing teeth and really like anxiety like anxiety like i've never seen mm-hmm. i've said i've had friends who have panic attacks i've had panic i like i think i've had a panic attack where you feel like you're dying and everything's sinking into yourself and you're like holy shit but when it happened to me i was very um aware of it, I was alone, and I was very aware of it, and I was like, "Uh, okay, this is fucked up. Like, this is terrifying, and I'm just gonna get through it. And I like did a bunch of like calming things, and I got through it on my own. And, um, but the the, the feeling of it, I think anyone can have that, just randomly, you know what I mean? But this is more like a resistance to doing something because of a fear of what could go wrong in any given situation, so this is like a new battle as she moves forward, a new ba- a new battle each day with a new task, a new thing to break through. You know, now she's going to work alone, coming home from work alone. As she's been tapering off the drug, it's been easier to tackle. Of course, just having a having a having a therapist is like insanely beneficial weekly or fortnightly. Like just having someone outside of yourself that you can work through. Um, so so Australia paid for that for her as well. Um, she's had. That weekly basically since she's gotten out that's been a huge help you know every every it's all these things stack on top of each other and they're very hard to sort out that's the other thing when you go in to the um, to the hospital and you talk about mental health with these psychiatrists they're like it's very important to understand that because um, Maria wanted a diagnosis and he's like we can't give you a diagnosis because that's not how mental health works like she had an acute psychotic episode basically that's what she had but that doesn't mean a whole lot right now that could almost be called a symptom and the way the dsm works it's like things are being reevaluated re you know uh, or better understood every month so yeah.
0: do you believe exist- that's a new um behavior uh, of i don't know if that came up in conversation that did you know 30 years ago where they did they just, was it a quick, more a faster diagnosis and do you like, yep, it's schizophrenia and here's how we treat that. And is this a, new, do you know if this is a new phenomenon or we're like, we're not going to label this. We're going to, we, we've realized now that this is a process that we will follow and, and we'll, we we need to see where it goes. I don't know if you yeah, can I answer d- that. Also, we're no, not, no, no, no. We're do, not doctors, do, do. we're yeah. not any. And I also want to be aware that also, Laura, like I I want to make sure we're not, we're telling your no, story, okay. not necessarily no, her story. No, she's okay. She's yeah.
2: okay with it. If, if anything, like talking about it is really good uh, because people who hear it, if they see it, they'll know what it is, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess th- maybe the last generation, maybe the boomers had a lot of shame around mental health. Um, well, I'm I know that like, Gen,
0: yeah.
2: I'm Gen Y. I guess we're Gen Y, I think. So I don't think.
0: Yeah, I we're think millennials. We're, we're the millennials. Yeah, my. um. Are we really? Yeah. Yeah, I no, we're I'm the, the other millennials. We're the side
2: of millennials, right?
0: I read about it every day, Um, but yeah, I remember. So my um, grandma uh, had schizophrenia, and so and um, we would growing up as kids. Dad would, and she ended up um, ending her life in the hospital as she got to the um, drug cabinet. But um, Mm -hmm. it was interesting. There was like when dad we would as little kids when we would drive past what was the psych, it wasn't a psych ward anymore, but it was when dad was growing up, he was like, yeah, grandma used to spend some time in there. And it Mm -hmm. it was an interesting thing because it just, no one else that was sharing had a story like that or, and it was sort of Mm -hmm. weird. And there was this, like, even this word of like psych ward, all you'd ever seen in a movie was someone that was limp and just drools coming down their face and they're sort of, portrayed as scary and and you just don't you know you, you like wait i didn't actually think you know and, and we've we've thrown around this word normal you know but like i you know normal families had that you know a part of it and and in a, a, a different conversation with my dad once i was like you know god we're really not a normal family and and he was like god, who wants to be normal <laughs> but um <laughs> but it is it was it was like i think for his generation especially they're just not It seemed like if that was happening in your family, that you were the only family where that was happening. And I'm sure it wasn't the case. It just wasn't public knowledge and the awareness of it was really bad.
2: Well, and also like there is something to be said for discretion. I don't think it's necessary for me. I mean, I'm a pretty, I don't, I don't really use social media except for when it has to with my, with my music career, you know, I don't use personal social media and I don't like um, to live in the in the spotlight and tell, like, I'm not one, like, I'm not a person who tends to like, uh, sharing all the, uh, aspects of my personal life. But if I get the opportunity to talk about it candidly, you know, I don't feel worried about it. And Laura, Laura, Laura understands too, you know, the importance of it. She's, she's lucky. She's probably, and like, she's probably, she has a very good prognosis for the future. And, um, she has good support and she's very tough. And uh, she's becoming more like herself as she, you know, tapers the medication. And you know, for for our story, for my story with Laura, it it was it was challenging when it happened, but it was it felt par for the course. I never get second guessed it. She was with me when I had that back injury. She was good to me. She was there for me. She had, she hadn't even met me, and it made an impact to me that in the hardest time that I was going through, like physically at the time that she would be so sweet and so compassionate. And so when it, something happened to her, uh, it, it wasn't even a question. I mean, you just, you're happy to be there for her.
0: Mm, Jimmy. <laughs> hey, um, thank you so much for um, sharing this and thank you for checking with Laura that it was okay. Yeah, of course. And um, I'm so glad and happy that you came on and talked about it as well because then we get to keep having the podcast hopefully be that um you know place that some people can you know hear similar uh experiences and not feel so alone in it as well oh yeah